Did you know electric vehicles put more strain on your tires because EVs are heavy and have more torque? At Discount Tire, we love to help match you with the perfect tire for your electric vehicle because we LV your EV. Buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Is it possible that the cheapest fish is not the healthiest fish to eat? Who could have guessed? And then we kick off UFO Disclosure Week. With a bizarre story that was randomly put out on the web and has led me deep down a rabbit hole. Is it possible that gray aliens aren't coming to Earth to invade and enslave humanity, but are coming to raid our freezers today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I had a great vacation, and thank you for everyone who wished me a well vacation. Whether you sent it in an email, or you just you just wished it. You're sitting there, you found a four-leaf clover, you're like, I hope Jason has a great vacation. I did. I watched, I did nothing. I didn't do any research. <laughs> Most of you can tell I didn't answer any emails or respond to any comments. I was shut down, but it was great. I watched 79 movies, because that's what really, that's one of my main passions is movie watching. I love watching movies. And we're going to, I found a lot of great ones. We're going to be doing a lot of Dead Rabbit Recommends for a while, actually. I found some really, really good movies. But thank you. It was a needed vacation. It was very, very refreshing. And this is, this This kind of came up out of the blue. This week is UFO Disclosure Week. One of the stories I wanted to talk about that happened while I was on my vacation was those New York Times articles. I found some interesting stuff reading through. There's two articles. A lot of people think there was only one. New York Times did a follow-up article. And it's, it's some weird stuff going on. And so we're going to be building up to it. That's going to be our Friday episode. So, But this week is going to be all about UFO disclosure, people coming forward, talking about UFOs, some weird UFO stories, just stuff, stuff I normally talk about. But now it has a theme. And I want to give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter. A lot of you guys joined the Patreon while I was on vacation, but I haven't been able to do shout outs. Coda119. Kota119, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot. You're going to be our navigator, our pilot, our captain this episode, whatever vehicles we use. If you can't support the Patreon, totally understand that. Just help get the word out about the show. Talk to your friends about it, post about it online. All of that stuff really, really helps out a lot. And I'm still sending out supporter stickers. So if you haven't gotten your sticker yet, I still need to to, uh, prep it. And then pretty soon, hopefully... I'll have them all out by the end of the week. Like I said, I haven't been doing anything for three weeks. I want to reveal the design of the sticker. I know I've been talking about that a lot. So, Coda 119, let's start off in the Jason Jalopy. Now, we're going to be driving around. Now, we're not really headed anywhere in particular. <laughs> we're just wasting gas driving around in circles. But while we're driving, I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to put on a little nighttime cap. Like, if you have the old-timey shows or cartoon strips or in real life, I think they had them too. You know, the pointed cap with the ball. Put on my pajamas. And we're driving down the road. The reason why I'm giving you that little introduction is that I have this... A couple people know this. I think I might have mentioned it once or twice on the show. Every night before I go to bed, when when my nightlight's on and I'm snuggled up, I go to Reddit. I Don't boo me yet. I go to it every night. I go to the meth subreddit. Now, I, I've, ha- I've talked about... Meth is the number one... If you look at, like, episode three or four of this show, I've talked about meth. I've had a lot of dealings with meth addicts in my life. Uh, whether it's encountering them in the wild, on the streets, 
or having family members, extended family members using meth. It's a horrible, horrible drug. It's the drug that, for whatever reason, most aligns with the world of the paranormal. You don't see many heroin users doing heroin and then going into a haunted house. I mean, they're basically just like, they do, they go in to fall asleep. And they're like, there's ghosts trying to wake him up. And the ghost just kind of shrugs his shoulder, walks away. I used to be subscribed to the meth subreddit and it would pop up in my post or whatever, my main page. And I, half of the time, I thought I was on looking at something from a paranormal subreddit. It's a lot about shadow people, cameras coming out of the walls, all sorts of stuff. I found this story the other day on the meth subreddit. And let me just read you this post in full. Because this post, while small in and of itself, opened the doorway to a conspiracy I never knew existed. You might have. And at that point, this segment's a waste of time. But I never heard of it. You, you might have. Code of 119 is tapping his watch. I know, I know, I know. That was a long intro, but I haven't done this in a month. I'm a little rusty. Coda, we're driving. We're going to go through this tunnel. We're going to go through this tunnel. And now we're outside this dude's house, which is not a good place to be outside of a meth user's house. The blinds are perpetually split open. You see little eyes looking out. I know they're out there. Some old jalopy pulled up. This is a Reddit post. I just ate some fish. Oh, mystery, right? How could you not click on that? I just ate some fish. On the meth subreddit. So, you gotta click on that, right? Here is this post. Quote. So I just made three tilapia fillets right from the store with some peppers and brown rice and queen, queen wa? Queen ya? You know what I'm talking about. It's the rice. It's the, uh, like, uh, it's, 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 it's some edible substance that I can't pronounce. And I didn't do any meth today, but after eating the fish, I have the most rock. Okay. Kids, leave the room. Leave, leave the room. Okay. <laughs> no, that was, you're at you're the edge of your seat. What happened when this meth user ate fish? And how does this relate to conspiracies or true crime in any way? I didn't do any meth today, but after eating the fish, I have the most rock-hard PP boner I've had since the last time I did meth. I can't get boners with meth, so obviously... This is, this is why I love these subreddits. So... Let me sum up the picture. We're in the we're outside this guy's house, and we see this dude. He sits down. He just bought some tilapia, and he's eating it. And then, like a comically boring, a noise of a spring launching, and he looks down at his pants, and then he uh. So he has the most rock hard PP boner. I'm not making that. You know, I don't really cuss on the show. I'm not making that edit. He actually typed it in as letter P, letter P. The most rock hard PP boner I've had since the last time I did meth. I can't get boners with meth. So obviously, obviously, right? So obviously, someone drugged me. Or I drugged myself subconsciously. Can someone please help? And then after th- after this medical problem, he ate three tilapia. He has the biggest boner. Oh, sorry, rock hard PP boner he's had since the last time he did meth. Um, and he pleads for help. Then this is the next sentence. Also, let me know how my crackback looks. And that's a uh, meth term when you smoke with a pipe. The meth, like, shatters or something like that. It makes these weird little designs. So he says, normally I don't get boners, and I haven't smoked meth, but maybe I drugged myself. Maybe, obviously, that was the only two options. I drugged myself subconsciously, or somebody drugged me, 
AKA, let me know how my crackback looks. Oh, and to let you know, there's no photo of his crackback. It's an, <laughs> it's an emoji of the planet Earth with the meridian lines. So, so, <laughs> so I don't know if he thought he posted a photo of his crackback, but it's not. It's, it's just an emoji. Anyways, <clears throat> what does any of this have to do with Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> I mean, technically it's true crime, right? Because it's illegal. But I'm not... I have tons of meth stories, actually. I've been I've been dying to fit into this show and uh, that I found on the subreddit. And a lot of times, behind the scenes, I talk to other people before I record stuff, and they're like, don't, don't, don't do a segment on meth burps. No one wants to hear about meth burps. I'm like, but it's a conspiracy. Anyways, now that Coda is trying to hotwire the car and drive all of you out of here... No, no. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm covering this. Why I'm covering this. So did you know? One of the comments to respond to this dude was this. It was from the notable scientist, <laughs> Coked Out Booba. Coked Out Booba. Dr. Coked Out Booba wrote this. Tilapia is not a real fish. It's made in a lab. It gives you cancers and has tons of omega-6. Conspiracy. That's why we're here, Coda 119. You have to repair my car. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Now, what he said is technically true. This is bizarre. Coda, let's fire up that dead rabbit dirigible. The car is inoperable right now anyways. We're going to fly around. We're going to visit a couple of fish hatcheries. (laughs) Exciting stuff for a paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. It's funny because there's a lot of debate. Is tilapia bad for you? Everyone agrees it is. But the question is, how bad is it for you? It was really weird. I was actually, obviously, like, I investigated, I I saw this, and I go, oh, is that true? Even when I'm reading a meth subreddit, I'll go, oh, I wonder if that's true. We don't know why this guy had a rock-hard pee-pee boner. (laughs) That mystery will never be solved. But, (laughs) not by us, at least. But, I looked at that, and I go, I wonder if that's true. So, tilapia is... It's funny because some people say it's worse than bacon. Eating tilapia is worse than eating a rat. And there, uh, scientists have come out and said, it's not great for you. It's not great for you. It's, it's, not as, it's not as unhealthy as eating bacon. They go, that's a comment that gets bandied around a lot. And they said, There's, you can't really make a comparison between a tilapia and a rat. That should send off alarm bells because they don't automatically say, no, it's not. They're just going, ah, apples and oranges. So tilapia is a wild fish. A lot of people believe it's 100% genetically modified. You can actually find it in the wild. But the fish you eat is genetically modified. You can go fishing. We went to the Mediterranean or the Morocco, stuff like that. You can find tilapia in rivers. It is a real fish. But the fish that you eat is genetically modified. It's the cheapest fish. It's like $2 a pound or something like that. That's why you'll find it in boxes of like Gordon Fishermen's and stuff like that. It'll be very, very cheap stuff. But as far as the health concerns go... They say, listen, it's not great for you. It's not technically as bad as bacon. The problem is, is that the way it's raised, not just the genetically modified way, but what we feed it. Tilapia is a fish that will eat anything. You throw some... In America, they use soy. In our fish hatcheries, they dump soy into the tanks. The fish apparently make that noise. They eat up the soy, and then you kill them, and then you eat them, and you're basically getting soy in the shape of a fish, that that's not fair. Technically, a cow's not grass in the shape of a cow, but you're eating a fish that's been fed on soy. In China, they dump manure into the water. <laughs> they kind of slow down. They don't want to eat it as much, but it's all they can eat. A lot of times, they dump manure into the water. They eat it. 
you I mean it's basically one hand cleaning the other. You have you have a pile of manure here, you have a bunch of hungry fish here, why not? Well, it's disgusting. And you would go, well, then I'll just eat, I'm American, I'll just eat American bread tilapia. The problem is, is that 73% of the American tilapia comes from China. So if you're eating tilapia, you're probably eating a Chinese cow's poop. I mean, really, if you think about it. Now, there have been pushes to stop that practice where you're eating, uh, they're feeding the poop to the fish, but, you know, it's cheap. And the fish is cheap anyway, so they could... They, I was reading this one article, and they're like, well, if you really want to eat tilapia, go out and fish for it. I'm like, then I'll eat a salmon at that point. I'll eat a penguin if I have to go find it. Tilapia. I can't remember the last time I ate tilapia. I know I'm not eating it again. So, is that all, Jason? Did you really did you really talk for 20 minutes about this? Well, no, because it's not just... Yeah, kind of. But no, it's not just that the fact that Tilapia is most likely the tilapia you ate was born into a tank filled with poop and then ate poop until it matured and then was pulled out of the tank. And someone goes, yep, that's perfect. This is totally fine for humans to eat. It's also because they live in a lot of poop, which now that I think about it, not even even rats eat poop. So you might be better off with a rat. They actually get gross viruses. Shocker of things, right? They actually, actually get pretty gross viruses. But... Not just that, in Bellevue, Washington, November 10th, 2016, there is this woman, she's like, mm-mm-mm, she hadn't heard this episode, this podcast didn't exist at the time, and she's like, mm, tilapia, my favorite food, ooh, straight from China, yum, 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 and she's cutting the fish up, and then she cuts her finger, and it bleeds, and she goes, ow, I mean, she's not Superman, so of course that's what's gonna happen, she goes, ow, my finger, Oh, well, I'll just keep cutting this fish. What could possibly go wrong? Later that night, uh, uh, it's not for me in the tilapia. Uh, her finger is throbbing. Uh, that's not normal. And so she goes to the hospital. She's diagnosed with Vibrio vulnificus. And it's a blood infection, basically. And it's rare for humans to get it. But there have been quite a few cases of people getting it. In Washington, actually, from different stores, different fish stores, when you're eating this tilapia, they they say the symptoms range. This is quite a big range. They range from vomiting and diarrhea to skin ulcers and fatal blood poisoning. That's a big range, right? See, guys, you had so little faith in this segment in the beginning. You're like, man, this guy guy really going to read about a dude's boner while he's not doing meth but eating fish? And from that single post. I might have saved your life. At the very least, I might have saved your tummy from eating uh, Chinese cow poop. If we're, if we're lucky, right? Because it just says manure. And that can come... Can a human produce manure? Or is manure a specific type of farm animal poop? I don't know. The point is, is that I was able to tell this story on the first episode coming back from my vacation. Let's go ahead. This is probably going to be a long episode because that went on a little bit longer. But... I hope that saves you. I hope that saves you from getting a fatal blood disease. There we go. Uh, public service announcement. I have a quick Dead Rabbit recommends. This was one of the episodes I saw on my vacation. I'm not going to talk about it long because I think it's best not knowing anything about it. The Rental. The movie is called The Rental. It's directed by Dave Franco. came out this year. It stars uh, Dan Stevens. That's why I watched it. I don't know who the dude is. My mom's a big fan of his. I was watching movies with my mom. Uh, Dan Stevens, he's from Downton Abbey. He was from The Guest. 
So I guess they do know who he is. Uh, Brie Larson or uh, Allison Brie, one of the two, is in it. <laughs> I don't know. And then two other people. And then um, that's it. That's all I'm going to tell you about the movie. Um, if you say, I hate those actors, watch the movie. If you say, I'm not going to tell it. You just watch the movie. I knew nothing about it other than I go, hey, look, at Dan Stevens is in this movie. Mom, you want to watch it? And she was like, yeah, sure. It's um, it's not a... It, I actually don't want to even tell you the genre. Like, I really knew nothing going into it. But the fact that I... If you listen to the show, you know, I wouldn't waste your times with, you know the story of Atticus Baum, and it's like some coming-of-age story in 1984 Alabama. I'm not going to waste your time with that. The Rental, watch it. Uh, Don't watch the preview. Don't read anything about it. If you already know stuff about it, I'd still watch it. But yeah, The Rental, that's my first recommendation, and that should tell you out of 79 movies that I watched, that would be the first one I'd recommend, The Rental. So check it out. Very, very, hats off to you, Dave Franco. Let's go ahead and move on. To our main story. We're leaving behind the rental. It was actually filmed in Oregon, actually. I'll I'll tell you guys that much. So we're leaving behind. We're waving goodbye to the two people. The one actor I know. The one person who may be two different women. And then two other people I don't know. We're waving goodbye to them. We're waving goodbye. They sit down to a nice meal of tilapia. I'm like, that's the worst thing that happens to them tonight. They'll be fine. Let's hop in the Carpenter Copter. Coda 119. Let's get that whirly bird fired up. We are headed out to the middle of nowhere. We're going to some very specific places this episode. Oregon coast. The waves are slowly crashing against the dirt. The beach is what it's normally called. Flying away. Beautiful. It is a very, very well shot movie. Again, congratulations, Dave Franco. We are headed out to the middle of nowhere. I was on at the export today. This was actually not the story I had planned. I'm recording this on Sunday, August 2nd, and I had another story planned and I came across this and I got so excited about it. I just I was like, okay, we got to move we got, I had to shuffle stuff around. It may be building it up too much, but this might be one of the most bizarre Again, I don't want to build it up. So, I was on the export today and I had a bunch of bookmarks as I normally do. I was going through stuff. One of the X Topics was cool alien lore. Post some interesting lore about aliens. Now, a lot of this stuff I hadn't come across before, but one thing kind of popped out at me, and I kind of chuckled, and I kept scrolling, and then I thought, if I did it, for, if I did it for the tilapia story, let's do it for this. There was a post on the X board. It said, "I don't know if this is valid lore, but I read some alien report that asserted they like strawberry ice cream, or at least they find it interesting." It's funny. I looked at that. Kind of chuckled, kept going. But then I thought, that that's something that's easily verifiable in a sense. Like, I'll Google it and it'll either pop up with no results, it'll pop up with three results, or it'll pop up with 100 results. Shockingly enough, I wouldn't say 100 results, but I did not have a hard time verifying that this is actually a piece of alien lore. Coda 119, the reason why we're in the middle of nowhere is technically, we are in the Midwest United States, which is... Which is the American version of the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Helicopters flying over. This story comes from a man known as Scott Arbuckle. He's a young adult. uh, He's he's a normal adult. But he writes young adult books. He recently had a book out called Scavenged. About a young boy, young man getting abducted by aliens and all that stuff. You can find it on Amazon. But in his page where he was talking about Scavenged, he tells a story that when he wrote his book, one of his friends as a gift brought him an origami UFO shaped thing 
and some strawberry ice cream. And he kind of chuckled to himself because he remembers when he was a little kid, he had seen on television. You guys are like, Jason, this, the chain of custody with these stories is weird because it is almost like a friend of a friend. But as we get closer to the source, they're going to get a little more legit. But bear with me here. This author, this author watched the television show when he was a kid. He doesn't remember the name of the television show. He said it was like Unsolved Mysteries, but he said he watched it as a kid. And this is a story that the television show told. Carpenter copters flying over the Midwest United States. There's a woman. She's living in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. She's sitting there one night, and there's a bright light. Her house is shaking. And it stops. Now, that's obviously going to get you out of your chair, right? She gets out of her chair, and she runs outside to see what it is. And when she opens her door, there's two gray aliens standing on her porch. Now, of course, she's freaking out, right? But the gray aliens just walk right by her. (laughs) They have theme music, apparently. Supposed to be the sound of their footsteps, but it became more like rhythm. They walk into her house. They pass by her. They'll get out of the way, lady. They walk into her house. They walk directly to her freezer, open it up, pull out a carton of strawberry ice cream. The two aliens take turns eating it. I'm assuming they're just using their hands now that I'm like stating this story out loud. They're just eating it. They throw the empty carton on the ground. They turn, they walk out of her house, and then just kind of disappear. Now we have this author named Scott Arbuckle, who is a fiction author. He's writing this story on his page that's selling his books. Is it possible that Scott Arbuckle is the guy who posted it on X that I actually just out this guy? Well, because right there we have that. But like I said, there were dozens of sources about strawberry ice cream and gray aliens. In the comment section on Scott Arbuckle's site, a person told this story. Apparently, at some point, again, a lot of these stories are vague, but we're going to get closer and closer to the source where this stuff could be coming from. This one guy says, funny that she told that story, I had heard that when aliens, gray aliens specifically, were on Earth, they were at a military base, and they were going to be there for a while. It was like a meet and greet thing, just hanging out. These these weren't badly injured gray aliens from Roswell holding their guts in. These were aliens sitting in a green room, just hanging out. The military officials said, bring all our food. Let's see what these dudes eat. They have full, they're going to be here for a while. They have full access to it. They're not holding their stomachs in until we bring them Taco Bell. Right now, they're fine. Right now, they're as healthy as we think an alien can be. When all the food was presented in front of these gray aliens, they devoured the strawberry ice cream. All of it. Now, I don't know if they were then pounding their hands on the table. More ice cream. More ice cream. But the idea was, was that in this secondary event, it was the strawberry ice cream they liked the most. The LA Times ran an article in 1993. It was written by Roy Rivenberg. He was covering the Ultimate UFO Seminar. This article was called Unusually Fanatical Observers. So like a play on UFO. Roy Rivenberg wrote this article when he was covering the Ultimate UFO Seminar. He has this passage in his article. Quote, Other extraterrestrials, according to informed sources here, Give away their true identity by consuming mass quantities of strawberry ice cream and green jello. Unquote. So we're seeing these different statements being. This one was written in 1993. Uh, the, the, um, the Scott Arbuckle is fairly recent. His book just came out in 2019. 
But he's saying he watched the show when he was a kid. There was no source or no timeline for the aliens of the Air Force Base. But then we come across a clip on YouTube. This was, I don't have a time period for this. This seems to be from the 90s. This person you're going to hear speaking was a U.S. Air Force representative from Nellis Air Force Base. And he was speaking before the Nye County Commissioners meeting at the Bob Rudd Community Center. And the video's in the show notes. His, he's on full view. You can see who he is. I don't have his name. But let me play you this clip when he's giving this presentation. We have commissioned a study. Now, part of it gets difficult um, because there are some of the capabilities on the range that I will never be able to share with you. There are some of them that they don't share with me. How I like to tell it to folks is... I don't talk myself to the aliens. I talk to people who talk to the aliens. They come to me and they say, the aliens like strawberry ice cream. And I go buy the strawberry ice cream and I come out to uh, you know local commissions and say, I'm buying lots of strawberry ice cream. So is it an inside joke? I mean, it sounds funny, right? It sounds funny. It sounds like disinfo, right? It sounds like almost like, so the term little green men, you don't hear it much anymore, but growing up, you know, I'm 43. I turned 44 next couple months. Turned 44 in a couple months. But growing up in the 80s, mostly 80s and 90s, the term "little green men" was used all the time, and it was a way to just talk down to people who believed in UFOs. Oh, you can see those little green men. It was the same way that people used to talk down to alcoholics by talking about seeing pink elephants. You don't really get so drunk you ever see pink elephants, but that was like an ongoing joke. The term Little Green Men was a way to just kind of hand wave away people who believed in UFOs. You don't really hear it much. People take the subject more seriously. New York Times is running articles on it. That'll be an interesting episode on Friday. But is it something like that? Is it something that was just made up so people... And it never really caught on. It was a meme that didn't catch on. Maybe the government was like, well, let's just start saying that greys eat ice cream. And then reporters could go, well... What are you going to do? Just eat a bunch of ice cream? You know what I mean? Like, it could be a, th- a new thing. So when everyone, anyone ever says they saw a UFO, well, you better check your strawberry ice cream. Is it possible that that's what this was and it just didn't catch on? It didn't catch on. Because by the time of the, really by the time of the X-Files, the term Little Green Men fell out of favor. People started taking UFOs and aliens more seriously. I'd say that happened in the late 80s, early 90s, which, yeah, would be around the time of X-Files, the book Communion and stuff like that. So is it possible that that's what this was? Well, let's look at the source of this. This is really interesting. I'm going to give credit to a website called ghosttheory.com. The guy who was writing this article named Henry Patterson found this video, found this YouTube video. It's from a television show that came out in 1988, so it would be around the time that the term Little Green Men was falling out of favor. Stuff was being taken more seriously. In 1988, there was a television show called UFO Cover-Up Live. It was a combination of journalists. The guy who hosted the show was from MASH, who probably had a passion for the subject, but he could have also just been, hey, we know how to talk on camera, let's put you in front of the camera. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. And in this program, it's basically the host talking to these journalists. And they have two insiders, Condor and Falcon. And in the program, they say, we have verified the credentials of these people. Like the producer has met with these people. They've seen documentation that these people are who they say they are. We're not going to show you their face and we're going to change their voice. But trust us, these people are actually legit insiders. These guys work for the intelligence community. So that's how this is put forward. In this clip, we hear 
Falcon. I'm going to play you this clip from Falcon. They have a religion, but it's a universal religion. They believe in the universe as a supreme being. The aliens enjoy music, all types of music, especially ancient Tibetan style music. We ask about their diet. They do eat vegetables. They like vegetables. And their favorite dish or snack is ice cream, especially strawberry. Well, the next time you're in an ice cream parlor, just quietly notice who orders strawberry, okay? So that is in 1988. And Henry Patterson, who, again, great find on this, he says this is the earliest reference he could find to a reference to aliens and strawberry ice cream. And it's in his article called Aliens and Strawberry Ice Cream on his website, ghosttheory.com. He goes, this is actually, people have talked about strawberry ice cream being related to Roswell as well. But he goes, there's nothing that he could find earlier than this 1988 clip. Now, Scott Arbuckle, the author who said he saw the show when he was a kid, I don't know how old he is now. We don't know how long ago, like, we don't know what show that was. We can't verify any of that. So right now we have to say 1988 is the earliest mention of this. The show continues. That happened about an hour and 15 minutes in. At an hour and 20 minutes in, and he was talking earlier, but there is a journalist, a very respected space journalist. He's not writing articles in space. He's writing articles about space. His name is James Oberg. He's considered an expert on the Russian and Chinese space programs. He worked for 22 years as an engineer in NASA, space engineer in NASA. In this same program, so Falcon has now made this claim. He made the claim about alien religion. He made the claim about strawberry ice cream in that clip. And then let's listen to James Oberg's answer to kind of response, kind of ra- this is towards the end of the show, wrapping everything up. This happened so many times in the Soviet Union, they released official scientific reports from the Academy of Sciences claiming that things that people see, which happen to be weapons tests, space weapons tests, for example, are UFOs. So, but, so to call them flying saucers is, and, to, and to present that point of view is actually to take part in the cover-up of their true nature, I which see. is in some ways a very ironic uh, feature. Now, in terms of whether or not these are, these are real UFOs, whether or not the MJ-12 stories, which seem to change every time we hear them from, from mm-hmm. Falcon, are true, I'm afraid we don't have a 900 number. <laughs> but I suggest we, people go out and do is go out and buy strawberry ice cream. If it's all gone, maybe the UFO guy will go away. Great. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for being here. It's funny because the host of the show made a snide reference after Falcon had told that story. Later on, just a few minutes later, James Oberg also kind of makes a joke about it. Well, if we wanted to feed the aliens, just buy up all the strawberry ice cream in town. The very first time that this story is reportedly told, two jokes are made about it. Now, people do make jokes about UFOs all the time. It's interesting because we have the date that that video came out, and we have the LA Times article in 1993 And he's claiming people say that this is a thing. People who say that they know. So between 1988, if we claim that's the, if we say that's the first time it was used, and 1993, it already grown in the community. What's weird is that I've never heard of this. Now that doesn't mean it's not the all-seeing god, but I doubt any of you have ever heard of it. This guy on the export had heard of it, and I appreciate that. Appreciate that you brought this to my attention. I find it fascinating because it's all about myth build. There's two. There's two things to the story one is it true and two the myth building aspect of it you with between 1988 and 1993 we have it starting to become common knowledge in the ufo community but between 1993 and now 
I've been researching, I've been researching all of this stuff since I was 12, but really like on a quote unquote amateur slash professional level, I've been doing it every day for two years now. I've never come across this. So even from 12 to 43, I've never, ever even heard a whisper of this. And then in the past two years where it's something I'm just consuming mass amounts of information every day related to this still haven't come across this. And I would assume I would be shocked if a lot of you guys have heard this as well, but apparently between 1990, 1998 and 1993, it was a thing. And then from 1993 to now, it's not. Why? What happened to this information? Why is it so scattered? You can find a lot of references to it, but they're almost are like little There's an author named Nick Humphreys, and he wrote The UFO Guide. And he is able to find out who Falcon was. Because now we're years and years later. Falcon apparently, according to Nick Humphreys, Falcon was a man known as Richard Dory. He worked at Kirtland Air Force Base. He's worked on books. He was a contributor to the book Exempt from Disclosure, which was a book about like aliens, black book projects, stuff like that. He worked at Kirtland Air Force Base. He had a lot of different roles there. One of the roles he had... So so he's it's suppo- we're going to assume that this is Falcon. And Nick Humphreys has done his homework and he's connected uh, Falcon to Richard Dory. He is this Air Force Base dude. One of his jobs that he says that he did at Kirtland Air Force Base was disinformation agent. It was his job to spread lies about the UFO community. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. And it, that would play in to that theory. That it was just a way to just kind of diminish it. Disinformation is an art form. You have to be able to say something that sounds realistic. Enough that people will continue to pursue it. But isn't. It's, it's more than just lying. Richard Dory is now exposed. Now he's saying, I'm no longer a disinformation agent. I used to do stuff behind the scenes to discredit your movement. Now I'm not that person anymore. I'm telling the truth. And you have to decide whether or not you believe him now or if it's just a continuation of his disinformation act. We don't know. But one of the things that he still claims is true. He goes, no, 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 that wasn't disinformation. That was true. That was true. It was a strawberry ice cream thing. So it's like, it's this, it's this box of riddles that we keep uncovering. But this, and really that's all of this paranormal stuff, but you don't see a lot of disinformation in the Bigfoot community or the ghost community. It's always centered around the UFO community. There's really, as far as we know, there's not a government group out there that's trying to trick people into thinking wrong things about ghosts. Or wrong things about, you know, the whether or not the boogeyman exists. Like, the government doesn't care about those things. But the government makes a concentrated effort to trick us, to mislead us on whether or not UFOs are real. That's not a conspiracy theory. There, there are tons of documents, reams and reams and reams of documents where they're like, just tell people it's swamp gas. We want to make people who report UFOs feel so tiny that people stop reporting them. That's not a conspiracy theory. There's not a bunch of people sitting around the Pentagon will be like, how do we convince people that this cemetery is haunted, but not this cemetery? That cemetery that's really haunted, we we convince them that's normal, but this other cemetery... They don't do that. They don't care. So UFO, it just has so many other national security implications. But you have people who work in disinformation. That's their job. 
And then when they go rogue or get free, whatever term you want to use, do you then believe them? Or is part of your disinformation career is to do that? Is to then go out and say, oh, I made all, I've made all that stuff up, but all this stuff is new and real. But that's just more of the disinformation. It's a riddle within a riddle within a riddle. And what's even more bizarre is this riddle is so obscure. Why would you continue, if it didn't catch on, if it didn't catch on at all, why would you continue to say that it was true after your mask has been revealed? It's so bizarre it could be true, right? The, the, I think the biggest question about, if we if it turned out that they, because um, Falcon also mentioned they love vegetables, so those are lame. But if it turned out, like, if you saw a bunch of alien reports and they're talking about aliens eating, aliens loved good old-fashioned steak. That's why they abducted cows all the time. That's not weird, because everybody loves steak. Except for, except for India and vegetarians. But, you know what I mean? Like, that would, strawberry ice cream is so specific, and it's gross, right? It's like the grossest ice cream. It's ice cream with chunks of uh, fruit in it. Sometimes you can just get strawberry ice cream and it's just strawberry ice cream. But for whatever reason, like Neapolitan has just regular strawberry ice cream. But if you ever buy strawberry ice cream, there's always chunks of frozen strawberries in it. It's gross. You're trying to trick me. You're trying to trick me into eating fruit. I'm not going to do it. It's so specific and it's so gross. And sure, maybe you like strawberry ice cream, but that means you're some sort of freak alien hybrid. I hate to break it to you guys. But strawberry ice cream is gross. I'd say probably, I'm just on the top of my head, because I'm obviously losing, this episode's going so long, apparently, I mean, I would guess, I would guess that only, <laughs> this is how we wrap my episode up, I had all that great research, I had all that great research, this is how I'm wrapping it up, off the top of my head, of a man who's sweating in a 90 degree apartment recording a podcast, off the top of my head, I would say somewhere between 10 to 20, 10 to 20%, only, I, I don't, I, that's probably highballing it, but l- prefer strawberry ice cream over other ice creams. If you offer them chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry, I honestly think it'd be less than that. I think you'd probably get 10% who'd go, mmm, strawberry, as their, as their giant melon-shaped heads are barely concealed with a baseball cap. I would say it's very small, right? And then if you add in the 31 flavors, bro, if you're talking straight Baskin-Robbins or Ben and Jerry's, dude, strawberry's not even in the top there's 31 flavors. It's not even in the top 30. I would eat pralines and... That's not true. Okay, strawberry is better than pralines and cream. My point is, is that it's weird. It's a fact that's so weird because most humans, most humans, according to my non-research, I probably could research that, most humans don't even like it. So it's such a weird detail to come up with. Now, it's possible, again, that it's a disinformation thing. It's a, po- a part of being a disinformation agent. you got to put a little bit of the truth in to tell the lie. That's the same thing when you're, like, lying to somebody, lying to your significant other. Where were you last night? You go, I was out. That part's true. Shopping, that part's true. For a present for you. And then you, then you find something in your living room. And you wrap it real quick behind your back and you hand it to him. Oh, you got to get a little bit of the truth in the life. I mean, it's possible the strawberry ice cream is one of the real truths that was used to flavor up the lies. Unfortunately, is a very bland flavor. Where am I going with this? Nowhere for the rest of this episode because this will actually be continued. Yes, in a very, very interesting way tomorrow. Because when I was researching this, Like I said, dozens of small articles about this, small references to this. But I came across an article from a man 
who said his father worked for the military and was abducted by aliens. And while he was on this alien spaceship, not only was he told to feed a gray alien a strawberry push pop, but the aliens explained their religion to him. And when I say aliens, I'm not talking just the greys. This man stood before greys, Nordics, reptilians, all these other races, and they explained to him the key to the universe. This man's story has nothing to do with the story of Falcon. This story has nothing to do with this era of disinformation. But it touched on two key points that Falcon himself said in his speech. Strawberry ice cream and an alien religion. And how do we know that this story isn't part of the disinformation? Well, according to this man's account, his father had told this story of alien abduction. And nobody believed him. The son even had a hard time believing him. Until they were watching a program in 1988. And Falcon says on television, The aliens believe in religion, and they love strawberry ice cream. At that point, the son looked at his dad, and he knew the stories were true. We'll cover that tomorrow on Dead Rabbit Radio. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. It's good to be back, guys. Have a great one.